Hello, and welcome to the How Life Works podcast, the podcast that helps introductory biology students better understand some of the toughest topics in the course. These podcasts are written and delivered by the authors of Biology How Life Works and are sponsored by Macmillan Learning. Learn more at macmillanlearning.com. I'm Andrew Berry, one of the authors of How Life Works. Right at the beginning of every course I teach, I make a point of addressing a hugely important issue that I think is too often ignored by scientists. Creationism. Most students, I've found, who reject scientific ideas do so not because they're actively anti-science, but because they think that science in some way threatens their faith. Schooled in the idea that science and religion are incompatible, they choose religion. My message here is simple. Science and faith are perfectly compatible. There is no need to choose. Now, Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection is central to all of biology. And that's not just the areas like, say, population genetics at one end of the scale or paleontology at the other end that are explicitly about evolution. No, evolution affects our thinking about all of biology. Let's take a famous example the panda's thumb. Pandas are unusual for reasons beyond the obvious one, that they look super cute and cuddly. Yes, they're bears, but unlike other bears, they're entirely vegetarian. They eat only bamboo. Now, bamboo is actually good, nutritious food, but there's a catch to it. To get to the yummy core of a bamboo stem, you have to strip away the tough external sheath. For you and me, that's pretty easy to do, because we have amazing hands. Our versatile, gripping thumbs do a fantastic job. They allow us to manipulate objects in complex ways, and that includes bamboo. Our thumb is a modified version of the earliest thumbs that arose some 50 million years ago in the ancestors of monkeys. That original thumb helped those early monkeys climb trees. Our thumb, which is much changed from that original thumb, of course, has a 50 million year history. Now, what about the panda? As I said, the panda is a bear. Bears don't have thumbs, nor did ancestral bears. They didn't need them. The panda is, in fact, the first bear ever in history to need a thumb. The bear paw is built for locomotion. It's a foot, basically. It's not like the ancestral monkey hand that already has a basic thumb that can be modified over time by natural selection to produce the human thumb. So, what's the poor panda going to do? It needs a thumb to get at the good stuff in bamboo, but its ancestors, going back way back when, are thumbless bears. Natural selection has intervened to produce in pandas what we might call a, a kinder thumb. It's actually a modified bone in the wrist, which is expanded to allow the panda to brace a bamboo shoot against the rest of its paw. It's not great. It's not nearly as good as our thumb, but it does the job. The point is that you can't understand the panda's thumb without understanding evolution. Without evolution, we're just left scratching our heads about why pandas have such second-rate thumbs. Once we put evolution into the equation, everything makes sense. The panda's thumb is evolution's way of modifying a bear paw. Okay, so that's my first point, that the idea of evolution permeates all of biology. Creationism doesn't just conflict with 
the bits of biology that are explicitly addressing evolution, like paleontology. No, it conflicts with all of biology. Evolution is implicit to all biological thinking. And that's why I talk about creationism at the beginning of every course I teach, not just the courses that are explicitly about the evolutionary process. Okay, so this is what I tell my students. The problem is that too many of us see religion and science as incompatible. You're either religious or scientific. You can't, the claim goes, be both. This mentality, as I see it, comes from both sides, from both religion and science. Preachers or imams or rabbis or priests declare that accepting Darwinian ideas puts you, well, on the fast track to hell. And some scientists, I'm looking at you, Richard Dawkins, say that going to church or temple or mosque is, well, moronic. Both sides are ultimately saying the same thing, that science and religion are incompatible. The claim is that this is an either-or situation. Either you're religious or you're scientific. But, and this is the important message I have for you, both sides are wrong. Science and religion address fundamentally different questions, and they're perfectly compatible. Accepting basic scientific ideas like evolution does not for one moment undermine your religious convictions, just as being religious does not for one moment compromise your capacity for doing good, solid science. Science addresses questions about the material universe through observation and experiment. Religion, in contrast, addresses questions about the spiritual universe through faith. These are two completely independent ways of thinking. I cannot apply scientific thinking to the spiritual domain. I cannot, for example, devise an experiment that would either prove or disprove the existence of God. And here's the critical thing. It's perfectly possible to be both scientific and religious. You can be a doctrinaire scientist thinking about the physical world in purely materialistic terms and at the same time devoutly religious, engaging with the spiritual world through faith. There are plenty of distinguished scientists who are deeply religious. A prominent example is Francis Collins, a brilliant geneticist, one of the key players in the Human Genome Project, and currently head of the National Institutes of Health. Collins is arguably today the most important scientist in the U.S. He's also a deeply committed evangelical Christian has written a book on how he can reconcile his faith and his science. His science has not in any way been compromised by his belief, and his faith has not in any way been compromised by his science. Collins's message is an important one. You do not have to choose one or the other, science or faith. The either-or perspective is wrong. The problems arise when thinkers inhabiting one domain, the scientific domain or the spiritual one, make assertions about the other one. For example, scientists may insist wrongly that science disproves God's existence, and preachers may insist wrongly that religious accounts of creation from, say, the first book of the Bible should take precedence over our scientific understanding of the evolution of life. No! The Genesis accounts are a lyrical 
soaring celebration of the all-powerfulness of God. They are not attempts to offer an observation-based or experiment-based understanding of the process of evolution. Now, both creationists and atheists often insist that Darwin was an atheist. And that is why, I think, in part, evolution is coupled with this notion of atheism. But he wasn't an atheist. He certainly wasn't a standard Victorian Christian. He'd given up a long time ago attending church, for example. But that is not to say that he was an atheist. Rather, I think he was on board with what I've been talking about, that religion and science are perfectly compatible, but different ways of engaging with the universe. He explored these ideas in a series of letters with his American colleague, the botanist Asa Gray. Gray was conventionally religious and was concerned about the implications of the theory of evolution for his own belief. Darwin wrote back reassuringly, I feel most deeply that the whole subject is too profound for the human intellect. A dog might as well speculate on the mind of Newton. I think that's a wonderful synopsis. Yes, we should grapple with these deep truths, but we should recognize the limitations of the human mind as we grapple. But the conclusion is the important piece. Science and religion are two different ways of thinking. You don't have to choose. Those two ways of thinking can, and in fact should be, perfectly compatible. Thank you for listening to the How Life Works podcast. I hope this talk helped better your understanding of the material you're covering in the course. Good luck, and don't ever stop being curious about how life works.